Attention everyone, this is an emergency broadcast. The unpleasant noise you are about to hear coming from your radio is not a mistake. Please do not turn off your radio, but turn up the volume on your receiver as high as it can go so that you can make the sound we broadcast as loud as possible. Welcome to the 13th episode of the Kaiju Cast, the only podcast that I know of that is 100% dedicated to Godzilla and all of his rubber-suited foes. Break out the Rodan-shaped birthday cake, people, because the Kaiju Cast has just turned one. Oh man, now I really wish I had a Rodan-shaped birthday cake. But I'm sidetracking myself here. The point is that I'm excited to be presenting the first episode of 2010, and I have a special guest at the audio console with me here tonight. You may know him as the Giron that stormed G-Fest back in 1999. Or you may have heard of our exploits over the years when I choose to spin those yarns of my past. The guest for this show is none other than my own son, Tiger. Say hello. <laughs> so uh, Tiger and I are going to be tackling the subject of Godzilla and the generational gaps and bridges that he and I have forged towards uh, these radioactive thunder lizards. But we've got another treat for you this month. marks the very first group dissertation of Daikaiju Discussions, a new segment here on the Kaiju Cast that I'll be talking about a little bit later. Plus, we'll share a few news bites, and of course, what would an episode of the Kaiju Cast be without some super cool stuff to listen to? Not nearly as interesting is the answer to that question. So let's go ahead and kick off the new year with a couple of requests, starting with Bio Wars from Godzilla vs. Biollante for Pedro.
So after that Godzilla-inspired metal-esque song from Godzilla vs. Biollante, I played a request from Torin called Haura Mothra from uh, The Rebirth of Mothra 3 and followed that up with Godzilla vs. Rodan by Kira Fukube from Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla in 1993. So we'll turn from the music to the other guys sitting here in the studio with me. Let me tell you, Tiger has really lived his whole life with Godzilla stuff surrounding him. His first Godzilla movie was actually that super cool montage set to Ifukube's music called Godzilla Fantasia. And, you know, he's got a dad who's pretty much obsessed with Godzilla, so there's Godzilla stuff everywhere you look. Tiger, I can honestly say, and finally say, and officially welcome you to the Kaiju cast. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> <laughs> all right so now you've been raised in a godzilla heavy environment and now that you're 11 how do you feel about godzilla movies and the games and all the other stuff that was uh pretty much everywhere you looked when you were being raised well i think they're nice and do you think you like godzilla more right now than you did when you were younger yeah because no. i know there was now a, that i understand now that you understand, that's cool. That's a good way to put it. Because I remember for a while there, you were like, um, I'm not really a Godzilla fan. But do you think that right now you would consider yourself a Godzilla fan? I'd be kind of a Godzilla fan. Like, yeah. sometimes I like to watch my films on Netflix. And What was the last movie you saw? Uh, Last Godzilla movie I saw? Yeah, last Godzilla movie you saw. Maybe it was Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla. I mean, Terror of Mechagodzilla, I think. Oh, Terror of Mechagodzilla, yeah. Because mm-hmm. we watched that on, at Christmas time. Mm-hmm. Because I got that for Christmas. You've pretty much seen like all the giant monster movies out there. Not just Godzilla, but you've seen the Gamera movies. You've pretty much seen them all. But uh, I think. Yeah, you know, and I'm sure that eventually we'll get all of those in your brain. But uh, uh, just give me some of your favorites. What are some of your favorite monster movies? What are uh, Toho monster movies? Toho, Daie. Okay. Uh, well, I think Godzilla, Mothra, Mechagodzilla, Tokyo SOS was a pretty good film. Mm-hmm, definitely. Well, clearly, Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla. You like that one. Yeah, the 90s one was pretty cool. Yeah. What about uh, monsters? What's your favorite Godzilla monster? I would say my favorite Godzilla monster, would one of them may be Biollante. I'm not sure. Biollante is a really cool monster. He's powered by flowers. That's flower power. Flower power. All right. So... You had something you wanted to talk about. You wanted to tell tell people out there because I didn't know about it until you showed up this weekend. Like, tell me, tell them about the the website. Uh, there is this website called vnes.com, and I think if you go in the G section, it will show you that there is a Godzilla game. And I asked Kyle if he would post it on the website, and he said sure. Yeah, there's a really cool website where you can play. It's like a it's what they're called is they're called emulators and so if uh if you like godzilla video games especially like old school video games you might be very interested to know that on this virtual nes website you can play which game is it again it's called godzilla monsters of monsters monsters of monsters yes cool so i'll put a link in there in the show notes so that everybody can check that out and you've been playing that game recently i've been playing a little bit i mean it's kind of sucky i mean (laughs) No offense, but <laughs> no offense, none taken over here. I mean, I didn't make the game, but uh, and it's a, it's pretty old. Do you remember, do you know when that game first came out? I think it came. I don't know. I think it came out in the eighties or nineties. 
Anyways, other stuff that wasn't on the website was there was a sequel called Godzilla 2, which is pretty much nothing like it because you play the military instead. And, like, your attacks, if when you attack the monsters, you go in, like, battle mode, and mm-hmm. it rolls like a slot machine. After machine. that, there's this one, like, Game Boy game that came up with the Game Boy, and it was kind of weird because... Godzilla was kind of small, and every time you attack someone, he grab out a giant fist, like a boxing glove or something. So is that is that game? Are these games on the website? How did you no, find no, no, out no, about no, these no, games? No. I just kinda, how did you find out about them? I think there was a video about them. I'm not sure. So maybe uh, see that's not something that I'm really into researching too much. Is the video games? Maybe you can be the family Godzilla game guru. After, I think, the Game Boy game, they made a, another Godzilla game called Super Godzilla, and that came out on the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. And after Super Godzilla, they came out with this other, another Godzilla game called, well, I'm not sure which was first, but there was one called Godzilla Generations. And after that, there was Max- Godzilla Generations Maximum a- Impact. You know, at one point, I really wanted to try and get that game. But I, I I still haven't played it. The Generations game? Yeah, the Maximum Impact one. I saw uh, a commercial for it a long time ago, like a Japanese really? commercial. It was really cool looking. I'll yeah. try and find it, copy of it for you. Yeah, uh, maybe maybe next year if I go to GFS with you, maybe, who knows. Uh, maybe we can, maybe there may be the game room again. Maybe I'll be in there. There were a lot of games in the game room, and honestly, I could not tell you what they all were. So you'd probably very be very excited to see that. How do you like Godzilla Destroy All Monsters Melee, Godzilla Save the Earth, and Godzilla Unleashed? I, I like Destruction Mode and Godzilla Destroy All Monsters Melee because you could do Destruction Mode in single player, and now in the new ones you can't. What do you think is improved about Godzilla Unleashed versus Godzilla Save the Earth? Uh, Basically, there are a few new monsters, such as Varan, and some made-up monsters. Do you One like the made-up monsters, like Crystalak? Crystalak was weird-looking. Yeah, I think, like, the Wii stuff was pretty cool, but, like, some stuff was a little annoying. The way that they did the maps, ugh. Right. That, okay, that's one thing that I didn't really like about the game either. I've kind of felt like if you didn't like the single-player storyline, if you just wanted to go fight, you it was very confusing as to why the different maps looked the way they did. Like, Sydney was frozen, Tokyo was flooded, Seattle... Was, in, was on fire. Like, lava was uh, destroying Seattle. It just didn't make very much sense like, to me. the only ones that weren't really involved was Monster Island mm-hmm. and New York. What's the story there? Pipeworks? Come on. Give us some regular maps. And cool, now, do you think good. there's any need for another Godzilla game? Because I thought that those three games were very similar. Maybe a little too similar. I don't think there should be a sequel. Maybe like some kind of like very, very new game. Something very different. Yeah, like... Yeah, maybe some kind of next-gen game that can really take the Godzilla gaming to another level. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we had some friends over recently, and we watched a Godzilla movie. We chose to show them the 1991 Godzilla vs. King Ghidra film. And I think it went over okay. To me, you know, King Ghidra is kind of... 
a little bit of an awkward film, but you know, it's good for a lot of, you know, a range of ages. We had three kids come over all from the same family and they, you know, vastly different age wise, 13, nine and like seven or six or something like that. Right. So, uh, I think it went over. Okay. Kind of lost their attention Mm -hmm. a couple of times. It seems to me like when I watched it again, Aside from Godzilla-saurus, there's not a lot of action happening for a very long time with the Godzilla monsters, with the monsters mm-hmm. in general. So, like, let's say we were going to do that again. Say you had a friend coming over and we didn't have video games that you could play all night. What would you say, hey, you know, you should see a Godzilla movie if you've never seen one. What movie would you choose? I would choose 1984 because that just has regular Godzilla in it. And it's and, like an updated version. Yeah, and it's like... Because you don't want to be like, what's this? What's that? What's everything? <laughs> you don't want that. And you can pretty much say, like, you don't need to know anything else except you're watching this movie. Yeah, like, it's just Tokyo's being under attack by Godzilla. Yeah. I've told the listeners about how you went to G-Fest in 1999 with me, mm-hmm. and uh, which was awesome for me. And I know that it was probably a little too early in your life to remember anything but I think it's really much cooler that you and I got to see the premiere of Final Wars in Los Angeles at the Chinese Theater. Oh, yeah. What do you remember most about that trip to L.A.? That we went to the Chinese Theater, of course, and that some of the actors from that film um, came up on stage and just kind of say what they did. Yeah, some of those, the director and uh, I think the producer and a few of the actors were there and they got up on stage and kind of did a little talk before we got to go see the movie. Yeah, I think it was very special. Yeah, I remember Ruhei Kitamura, who's the director, said something along the lines of, prepare for a roller coaster ride. It was a little weird taking you to to that film because it was something I hadn't seen yet and so I hadn't gotten to really preview it and I figured it was going to be okay, but... Um, for those that don't know, Kitamura's style is is kind of off the wall. He does a lot of crazy stuff. What else do you remember from that trip? Um, you remember the parade, right? Yes, the parade. That was really cool. You know what was really cool about, uh, this is more for the listeners to know, because I'm sure you remember, we were walking down the boulevard, whatever street that is, it's on the, the Chinese theater is, is on, and we were walking down there before the parade started, like earlier that day. And we actually found the Godzilla float just sitting there in the street um, where they had blocked it off. And so we got to take a whole bunch of pictures uh, next to it and stuff. I actually have video footage somewhere from from the parade. Yeah. Eventually, I'm going to turn that into something and post it online. Oh, really? Yeah. I was just thinking about that idea. So what about uh, Godzilla Final Wars? Did you enjoy that movie? That movie was pretty good. I mean, I think it was... Really good for like a end like for the end of the series. Yeah, I think it was funny how they how two Godzillas fought each other. Oh, the 1998 Godzilla. Yep. Yeah, that's you know that's something that everybody just wanted to see. So, uh, speaking of Final Wars, let's listen to some music. Do you have a favorite song from that from that movie? Yes, I did like the very beginning of it um, when they're fighting the old Atragon. Awesome. Well, speaking of that, let's go ahead and check out. King of the Monsters from Godzilla Final Wars.
you know what it is? Probably. The guardian of the Azumis. He's called King Cesar. King Cesar? There's a legend among the Azumis. It's handed down by tradition. Long ago, when people from the mainland came to conquer Okinawa, a huge brown monster appeared and saved the royal family of the Azumis. The monster's name was King Cesar. Before we get started on our next big thing here, I just wanted to point out that what you heard after The King of the Monsters by Keith Emerson from Godzilla Final Wars was a little audio clip introducing King Cesar from Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla in 1974, and then followed that up and ended the block of music with Showdown Between the Three Large Monsters in Okinawa 2, which is by Masaru Sato from Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla. And now, ladies and gentlemen, and fans of all ages, as I stated in my last show, 2010 kicks off a brand new segment here on the Kaiju Cast. Each month, we'll be talking about a particular movie and an order predetermined by an online randomizing tool. If you want to check that out, I just added the list to the website, and we're set for films all the way through July of 2015. I just hope I can keep up the pace. Now, how does it work? Quite simple, actually, since I tend to record and post each episode at the end of any given month, I'll announce the next film up for discussion in a show. Listeners will have until the recording of the next show to watch the film, submit their thoughts or questions in order to be included in the recording of the next episode. Now, I can't include everything that I get from you guys. I really want to, but due to time constrictions, it's just not really feasible. I'll do my best to give a really broad analysis of the film from as many sources as I can, though. As many of you are aware, this month's topic is Godzilla Final Wars. I would love to think that the randomizer that picked Final Wars as the first movie did a good job just for me, because Final Wars is such a controversial film for Godzilla fans, I was definitely looking forward to a number of sources for this discussion. So let's start with some facts about the movie. Godzilla Final Wars is the 28th Japanese Godzilla film produced by Toho Studios. Toho started making announcements about the film in May of 2004. I'm going to post a link to a Henshin Online article that we, uh, that we actually presented way back then. 
uh, just so you guys can kind of look at some of the pre-production news because I found it quite interesting when I was doing my own research on the film. It was directed by Ruhei Kitamura, who already had some very popular films such as Versus and Azumi under his belt. Godzilla Final Wars starred some really big names in Japanese pop culture and a large assortment of veteran co-stars from Godzilla movies such as Akira Takarada, Kumi Mizuno, Kenji Sahara, Akira Nakao, I don't know if I'm saying this next one right, but Masato Eve. But that's not all. The movie featured a whopping 14 monsters, all with almost almost all of them with brand new designed suits. The movie tops almost everything else you can top in a Godzilla movie with more nods to both Toho and international films, the biggest budget, the longest running time, and even the first Godzilla film to have a U.S. premiere. But does the film live up to everything that was put into it? I asked all of the previous KaijuCast guests, at least the local ones, to help me kick off this new segment by coming out to the uh, KaijuCast screening room and viewing the movie with me and to stick around for a little roundtable talk. Martin Vavra, Jody Luce, Jeff Dean, and Cindy Okumoto all came over to hang out with us and shoot the breeze for a quite long discussion after the two-hour movie was over. So unfortunately, I had to severely edit this down in order to squeeze it all into the show. But I am going to uh, make the full version available in a few days after I post this episode. I'm sitting here with my very first guests I ever had on the show. We've got Martin, Jody, Jeff, and Cindy all sitting here. We're talking about Godzilla Final Wars because we actually just finished watching it. No, Godzilla Final Wars is... I mean, it, it's fun. It's you know not my favorite for sure, especially of the you know this latest series. It's just kind of like they threw everything into it. You know what I mean? It's very frenetic, very fast paced, and uh, I don't know. I, I th- for me, it's like there's too much of the alien stuff going on. It's like you you wait almost like fifty five, sixty minutes before you even see Godzilla make an appearance. You know what I mean? After the first appearance. Yeah, after that first little tease but at least they give you a tease they give you a tease yeah but it seems like it's kind of like there's a lot of the aliens and a lot of you know matrix influenced fighting and yeah i was trying to figure out like what movies while i was watching it i was like saying well what movie am i seeing here i think like the villain the, the lead alien he has to be influenced by david bowie and labyrinth oh there you go that's one i definitely had not thought of yeah, I just kind of thought with the eyebrows and his hair and his you know, long coat. Yeah. <laughs> He's just missing the giant cod piece. That's right, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, I thought it's a lot of fun, you know. It's it's definitely, a, you know, a kick in the pants, I would say. I think uh, that I would definitely describe the movie as a fun movie. You know, it's over the top. Definitely has, like you said, a lot of frenetic action. A lot of stuff is being put in there. Just well, it's kind of nice because this one they picked uh, you know, the director, Kitamura. Mm-hmm. He did a Versus. Did you ever see that Japanese? Yep. And it's the same, same style. Very kind of like almost Sam Raimi-ish inspired where the camera's moving like almost constantly. So what what's your overall opinion? Because I know this one among a lot of fans is like, especially casual fans, it was like their favorite. Uh, this is not my favorite. But um, <clears throat> I can I can really appreciate it now, whereas when I first saw the movie, 
um, I was really disappointed in it. But that was because that was primarily because everything in the Millennium series that had led up to that was such a vast improvement over the previous movie. So as you, with some mild exception between GMK and Godzilla X Mechagodzilla, so there, I didn't think there was a vast improvement just because, you know, GMK to me was such a great movie. But you know, just in general, Godzilla two thousand. Mega Gears and then GMK and then Mecha Godzilla and then Tokyo SOS. It's just like things kept getting better and better and better. And then Final Wars happened and it was just such a crazy, bizarre smorgasbord of Godzilla stuff and uh, Toho influenced and other influenced homages that it, it kind of it didn't fall flat, but it disappointed Martin. Well, I, I wanted to uh, echo Jeff's idea of the lead alien i totally thought he was the goblin king especially when when it went all dragon ball z at the end and and his hair like all freaks out and stuff i thought he was the goblin king right there there without a doubt so i can't say that i really uh, appreciated this one very much as as some of the others <clears throat> and um uh, there's um i i've actually been rather confused since destroya because Destroya is like one that splits off into like a bunch of um, crazy, crabby type of running around monsters, but then they like reform back up. It's like some kind of what was the name of the robot with the people in it, and the, they would all like all the vehicles would attach themselves together. Uh, Voltron. And, Voltron. Yeah, it was like Monster Voltron, and uh, yeah. So when Monster X all of a sudden like kicks it into turbo at what should be it's it's doom and it's like splitting itself into three heads and growing giant feet and big tail and doing all this and i'm like well why didn't you just do the transformer thing a little while ago before you got your butt kicked like i have to be stomped before i can do this <laughs> i think actually uh, you guys can correct me if you didn't think this was the case but i think that what happened was the the lead exalien sort of transferred what was left of his power into monster x and that's how he became well and in case you don't know it wasn't just ghidra it was kaiser ghidra that's the name of the creature so i think that's what happened in the movie at least that's what i saw happen but uh, so wait a minute i'm confused i thought that was monster x was the one that then goes three-headed yeah monster x is the version of the monster when he's uh bipedal Mm -hmm. And then he turns into Kaiser Ghidra. Oh, okay. Turns into Kaiser Ghidra. Yeah, I, I miss that. Because everybody knows that the most awesome Godzilla opponent of all time is King Ghidra. <laughs> 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 well, Jeff, I mean, Jeff knows it's Mothra, but... <laughs> I thought it was more of a, he kind of lost control over the monster, and then it transformed. Because he, like, released all of his powers, but he also, like, self-destructed. So mm. it, it seemed like it was more of a, I have mental control over this, and it, that control is gone, and so suddenly it goes into, I am suddenly Ghidra. Yeah, that's actually interesting that you say it that way, that he lost control over Monster X, and when so when Monster X turned into something else, it was because he was being held back? That's kind of what I thought, because he made this big old point about how we are Kaiser, we have this telepathic like control over this, that, and the other thing. So, I don't know. 
Yeah, I guess I guess the only thing I would argue against that would be that they did actually name it Kaiser Ghidra. So, and when I first saw the costumes for the aliens, the original leader with the dark glasses and the bald head, took one look at his collar. It's just like the collar from the original Ghidra film. Well, Monster Zero. Yeah, yep. yeah. That yeah. was. I was like, the first thing I thought of was, tell me they did not give them those shoes. <laughs> with the big curly toes. If I see those shoes, I'm stopping the movie right here. I'm not watching it. <laughs> oh, but man, that would have been another homage they could have used. And how many people would have caught that? Uh, just the hardcores, I think. Just the hardcores. But, you know, the, the movie had, like, I counted, and this is just homages. So, you know, forget about the fact that Rodan was in the movie. I'm not going to say that they're nodding toward, towards Rodan, the movie, but... They had Gorath in there because that was the name of the star coming down, which is the same thing as the original movie Gorath. And then they had the Atragon, which is the Kaite Gungan Gotengo. And uh, destroy all monsters where you've got a bunch of monsters who are being controlled by the aliens and sent out to destroy the world. Uh, Monster Zero, of course, which we just talked about. In uh, versus Gigan, I thought would sort of there was something there where the aliens were calling monster x to the planet just like they called uh Gigan to earth to help destroy people <laughs> you know to help kill things because Gigan's not very nice <laughs> and then even uh godzilla raids again too because you know they entombed him in ice at the end of that movie so martin what did you not like about the movie well i i really appreciated the fact that they tried to have so many of the monsters in there and and uh um i i guess it was just like the the, all of the random threads like the things that just didn't finish out and it was really cool that they had the homages but it was it was um I, i don't know if it was just written in it's like get this one in there get this one in there like you know get those in there and and not worry about it because like uh mina's in there we have a mountain man and a boy and Minya, and there's no lead in to any of that. And there's, and we don't really like follow them. They don't really do much of anything. And, you know, like you were saying at the end, well, what a convenience, you know, they, the mountain man in his buckskins drives up in his, <laughs> in his mule and, you know, happens to be there at the very end. But it was, um, it was just odd things like that. There was, you know, there was just lots of things that I couldn't follow. Well, there's no such thing as a coincidence in real life, right? Because, <laughs> I mean, just they, they all just happen to be there yeah. at the same time. Um, yeah, I think I think that a lot of that stuff could be lost on a lot of people, those homages. And um, I know that Kitamura, as a director, uh, was very popular at the time they chose him to do this film. And I, I don't remember if it was he wanted to do a Godzilla movie really badly or Toho was just looking for some fresh blood. But I know that his favorite movies are the 70s movies, which are, you know, like Gigan, the Smog Monster, um, Megalon. And the those movies are, are known for being awkward. But I don't know if that's what he intended. I don't think he intended his movie to be so so bizarre that it just didn't, didn't mm-hmm. fit well. And I think this one was totally made for the fans. I mean, just by throwing in all that stuff with yeah. no really explanation, I think they just decided, you know, this is supposedly going to be the last one. That's what they say anyways, you know. Yeah. Well, I think they but say that, but they, they also 
tacked on like until we find somebody that can really put some new life life into Godzilla and like really take it to the next level, which I agree with. I mean, as an executive decision on Toho's part, I think that in general, to- Godzilla has gotten sort of stale for Japan and it's and the people who go to see these movies too, including myself. I mean, I love them and I'll go see a Godzilla movie regardless because I'm such a crazy fan, but I can definitely accept that as as these movies continue to go on, the 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 luster is wearing off. I just kind of wonder if this one they decided to throw everything in because it's, you know, they said it's going to be the last one, they're going to throw every monster that you know, they didn't throw every monster in, but all the majority of the the main ones. It's funny they didn't really have very many of the ones from like the Heisei series, the newer monsters. They just kind of left them out. Again, I think that's another another nod that Kitamura did, is he probably didn't want any of the Heisei monsters in there. They just wanted the, the classic. It, those are recognizable foes for Godzilla. You know, they can keep marketing figures and stuff, and people will buy them. Yeah, <laughs> you but know? you could also say that they're using that as an extra hook to get people into the theater, too. So somebody says, oh, I remember when I was a kid, I went and saw Monster Zero and or Mothra, and that's going to help bring them in. Yeah, They did a lot of things to try and get more people into the theaters. You see that poster right there from Tokyo SOS and that poster right there from GMK. They have the little tiny Hamtaro strips on the bottom that's because they coupled those movies with kids cartoons like a little mini double feature thing and that did not work that didn't really didn't boost the sales of, of godzilla tickets it was a good idea for them to put a stop to the godzilla series until somebody can come along and do something better you know what i thought would have been a better ending film for the series was uh GMK. I think that would have been like the perfect ending for the series. Because that's almost like a standalone movie, you know what I mean? And it kind of has all the classic monsters reunited. Now don't don't spoil that for Martin. He hasn't oh, seen it. Oh, that's right. I don't want to... Okay, never well, mind. You can see... Yeah. 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 You know, that's just my personal opinion. I was going to say some things that I didn't like about it. Um, it. And they seem like I shouldn't care about these things because I love the older movies so much. But like the human dialogue is a little too unbelievable for me. Like there's some things that they say to each other that specifically, and I can, I think I might be blaming this a little bit on the Japanese English translation stuff with Gordon, but Don Fry's lines, forget about the delivery, just what he's saying sometimes just doesn't make too much sense to me. Is the guy that was in that, the the Captain Gordon character, the guy who plays him, you you said that he was somebody famous, and I don't remember who it was. Like, is that that's Don Fry? Don Fry. So, and he's in he's an MMA fighter. Or if you don't know who Don Fry is, he's gonna come to your house. And <laughs> now Don Fry, I'm a vegetarian. Uh, that wasn't him <laughs> and though. Then punch me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think you go. You're a vegetarian. Yeah. <laughs> um. That, well, I wondered if he was actually famous in uh, in Japan, which is why he was a, a person that was cast as that character. Though, I mean, there there are some people that have careers that are very much outside of America. So I wondered. I think that Ruhei Kitamura is a fan of the Ultimate Fighting, and that's why he's probably in there. And to add that whole Arnold Schwarzenegger type character to the to the to the film, and like a he's probably like a C or D grade star here. 
He's a he's like an A list star over there, right? <laughs> I don't I don't think so. I don't think he lives. He doesn't live over there. Yeah, but people know who he is, right? I think some people know who he is, and that's what counts. Yeah, you think they could have got somebody better? He just you know he couldn't act his way out of a paper bag. <laughs> I've seen worse in Godzilla movies. Oh, I've brother. seen much much worse in Godzilla movies. Godzilla versus King Ghidra. All the Caucasians in that movie. You can't pool their acting skills together enough to fill what Don Fry has in his mustache. Yeah. He, he's, he's, got, he's got quite the stash going on. I'm sure they cast him just for his very American stash. I know, I know I'm jealous. Um, you know, one thing we didn't touch upon is the uh, appearance of the American Godzilla. Yeah. We who didn't who, who makes that. a kind of brief appearance and then gets dispatched? Yeah, yeah r- really quickly. Yeah, yeah. Not him. not only does he get his butt kicked, but he gets his butt kicked to the music stylings of some forty-one. Yeah, and it's kind of like he—he's the only uh, creature that's like all CG too, right? He is all CG, and I think he is the only creature in this film that's all CG. Yeah. But I have to say, um, one of the things that I was actually really impressed with was the, in general, was the CG work in this, and I'm not talking about the matte CG stuff where like Gigan's flying around because I did not like that. Um, I'm talking about like. Kamakaris, the the praying mantis looking monster. I thought that was fantastic. And I, if it were my decision, I wouldn't have asked the suit makers to do a Kamakaris suit. I would have just said, let's do them all CGI. There's one one scene where he's like banging up on one of the ships, and there's really no need to not have that entire thing be CGI in my opinion, except for the fact that you have real explosions happening on that that prop. So do you know the reason of the history why they threw in the American Godzilla as just kind of like a joke? Well, it's to like to make the fans like go, you know, yeah, for the a, like you said laugh. before, for the fans. I mean, yeah. everybody I'm sure that got like a huge I'm sure everyone's got that got a huge roar, I'm sure. Uh, yeah. You know, we saw it at the Chinese theater at the yeah. premiere and yeah. that I mean, no contest. That was like probably one of the biggest huzzas thrown out by the crowd and everybody knew it was coming. I have my question for you. You can't dodge that. What question was that? My question for you is, you you were talking about breathing new life into the series. What is breathing new life into it for you? Oh, I, I think that uh, in order to breathe new life into the series, there would have to be uh, someone who came up with not just a new movie with a new script, but like a new direction for an entire series and it would have to be well thought out and it would have to be something that they spend a lot of time on and they, you know, getting it right before they go into production. That's what I would say. But when you say getting it right, like, w- is that up for interpretation? What, because I'm, uh, and uh, I guess I am looking for specifics on there. When you say getting it right, does that mean rubber suit, CGI, no CGI, little CGI, still got the, the models on the ground, not the models on the ground? Yeah, okay, so I, I would love to keep the suitmation involved. However, like when I say getting it right, I, I actually mean it literally, like getting it right. You see any kind of CGI Godzilla stuff, it's not right. There's something off about it. Even the suit stuff, there's something off about it. And Tokyo SOS 
Uh, you know, there's there are scenes when everything looks like it's just about to be super awesome, but like Godzilla doesn't move enough, and you know, just it, it's a it's a fault of the actual technology built into those suits. The same thing can be said for CGI. There's just it doesn't look right sometimes. If they can do it so it looks right, that's great, and I would be open to that. I personally would love it if Godzilla would keep the certain, you know, the same shape he's sort of got in the Japanese films, you know, where he looks like Godzilla. But I mean, this is like it is all uh, open to interpretation and not there can't be one be all end all path that Godzilla gets taken down that everybody's going to go, "Wow, that was amazing." You know, it's got to something's something's got to happen to to make Godzilla a good series again. You know, to make it enjoyable for people in Japan, make it enjoyable for people around the world. And it'd be nice if somebody could just not just one person, maybe like just a team of people come up with a really good direction. Don't you think the technology is already here? It's just they got to want to spend the the money to do it because if you think of like what they did like with uh um king kong you know when they made kong look i mean he looked pretty realistic i thought in that film yeah and they could do the same thing with godzilla but toho's gonna want to spend a lot of money on a budget to pull off effects like that well i think a director would want to spend a lot of money on on you know getting some sort of massive budget behind a cgi effect driven movie and it's going to be Toho that's going to pull them back and say, we can't spend that kind of money because we're not going to get that kind of money back. I mean, the movie industry is an industry. You know, yeah. it's, it's Godzilla Final Wars costs 2 billion yen to make. And it only made 1,260,000,000 yen. That's, that's not so great. Well, I just was kind of thinking back, you were talking about the whole new direction and how to breathe new life into it. You also have to look kind of at the social structure of the various countries, like Japan being the main audience, but wanting to spread it out to the world. And um, I've read, like, been reading some papers and stuff in school. It's reading about zombies, actually. And they were talking about the social commentary behind Godzilla, they were actually comparing it, um, how when Godzilla came into existence, it was all about how to prevent world war, the whole bombings, Hiroshima, and that was like kind of the background when Godzilla was created, and how a lot of the popular movies today are more about the fear of, we've gone too far, we create a plague that destroys all of us, and that seems to be a common theme among zombies and how they're created. And so it'd be interesting to see what direction a director could take Godzilla to recapture the interest of the social network around their audiences, you know? Yeah, definitely. And so if anybody out there is listening and thinking about making a Godzilla movie, take that into consideration. I know that the chances are small that the next Godzilla director is listening to my show. but. Okay. <laughs> good. Good. By the way, I've got somebody who who'd really like to be on the creative director director. Oh, I, I already have my guy. designer planned out. <laughs> right. No, but Jody's right. And the and the the immediate thing that I thought of when you said that is the American Hollywood 
Godzilla. That's basically like this thing shows up, it wreaks a bunch of havoc. They do all this stuff, and 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 there's another one. What? Uh, oh yeah, Cloverfield. Like the just the pointless monster meandering around, crunching a bunch of stuff. Um, yeah, there there really isn't anything, and and I and I wasn't a giant fan of of the Cloverfield thing as well, and and so that's something that I'd like to see as well in a Godzilla one, like like going back to it. I guess there was an environmentally conscious, you know, idea of what our nuclear ambitions had done, and that was what spawned Godzilla, and and uh, I don't know. I think that same kind of a thread, like something like that, would be really good. Do you guys think that a Godzilla movie needs a message? I think that's what originally drew such a huge crowd is it was a huge worry in the culture at the time it was created. It's funny because all the Godzilla movies, especially the ones in the 70s and stuff, always have like this, you know, very in either environmental message or whatever. And this one doesn't really have any message at all. I think it's kind of hard to put the story together if you're not really like if you blink for a minute, you're like, what just happened? Where, where did they come from? I don't understand what's going on. You know, like the first time I watched it, I got confused several times throughout the movie. Yeah, if you're not, I think if you're not a big Godzilla fan and you are not familiar with the monsters, that can be confusing. It cuts back and forth a lot. And, you know, maybe there's a little bit of a message with the, the one character, the mutant who becomes a Kaiser, and the, the idea is that you, you're not predestined to become something just because of your genetics or you know it's you make your own choice but that's kind of only the only message and that's one character amongst all of this chaos that's going on around him yeah and they did say that a couple times that yeah good yeah. good call Sydney. so we have a message and well and they and they did reference the the nuclear thing when grizzly adams and and uh you know <laughs> Smokey and the Bandit were out there hanging out. <laughs> you know, when they, <laughs> they they did reference it, the Mountain Man had said something about, you know, where Godzilla came from and made just a quick note about it. But, you know, that actually, I took a note on that myself because I thought that was one of the things that I I don't actually think I've ever caught before in the movie. He says burned that... Burned all the... Yeah, the reason Godzilla's angry because mankind started a bunch of fires that burned all of his friends... And he's and never that was forgiven it. him. That was like all he said about it. And it's just like, I'm trying to think back. What are we talking about? Are we talking about <laughs> another movie that's happened? Are we talking about mankind destroyed the dinosaurs? What are we, what is the point of saying that? And then not, of course, he doesn't follow it up, which is, you know, exactly the kind of thing I would expect from this movie that's just so haphazard and so... It's like ADD. The whole film is just like yeah, everything's just like thrown at you so fast, and just I, I would normally say the word disjointed, but I think actually I would say I'm gonna make up a word, maybe misjointed. Like I think that they're connecting things, and while they they connect point A to point B with this little bridge in between, that little bridge doesn't necessarily fit right there, and it's doesn't help the story along you know uh people do fan edits of movies you could completely remove the entire menia part of that movie not to mention you could remove the giant fight scene at the beginning of the movie you could definitely cut down half the fight scene on the bikes for sure you know there's and this is a long movie this movie clocks in at like over two hours which is a first for a Godzilla movie. Clearly, there's a lot of stuff going on in this movie. There's a little too much stuff going on in this movie. I think we all agree about that. This is 
and and what disappointed me about this film when I saw it is I felt that while this movie was over the top and it had a lot of great stuff in it, the tone of the Millennium series was very, very serious. You watch these movies, they're as serious as a Godzilla film can get. Uh, you saw Tokyo SOS, Martin. You know, that's not that's not something that there's a lot of jokes in. There might be a few jokes peppered in here and there, but nothing that's like overly cheesy on purpose for laughs. And the same thing can be said for just about all those other movies in the Millennium series. And then they end it with something that's just, I mean, it's an insane movie. And that was what was disappointing to me. It's like the whole Millennium series was being taken seriously. Godzilla was being taken seriously. And while there were flaws, I felt that it was a step in the right direction. Like I was saying before, everything was improving and improving and improving. And then Godzilla Final Wars was just sort of not not doing it for me. I'm going to ask each one of you a question about the movie. Jeff, since you're already holding the microphone, if you had to say one of one thing in that movie that was your favorite, what what would you say you'd like best about Godzilla Final Wars? The look of it and also uh the creature design, I thought was like pretty exceptional. You know, like, man, I only had one rule, and it was just one say question. one thing. <laughs> I don't follow the rules, you bastard. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll say the creature design. Okay. Okay. Like uh, uh, King Ghidra. What was technically? what was King Ka- Kaiser Ghidra. Kaiser Ghidra I thought looked great. Godzilla looks pretty good. But, you know, Mothra looks good, Rodan. Creature design, I would say. Nice, nice. Seeing all the older cre- monsters back together in one film with updated design work. It was really nice, though. There were a couple ones that I missed. I mentioned two before. Yeah. <laughs> kind of been nice to see Violante, but as you said, what, she would have died in what? <laughs> even, in even quicker. <laughs> even quicker than she did in, in, in the 89 film, yeah. But, uh, like, okay, so talking about that, like, give me another monster that you would have liked to see and put you on the hot seat there. Well, they kind of did a... a a little bit with Mothra bringing Mothra in kind of as an ally. Um, it would have been nice if they had brought Batra in, bring them together. You would never, ever get an argument from me on that. I love Batra. Martin, tell me one thing about this movie that you enjoyed. I actually thought uh, the fights were really good and not so much the the technical aspect of how the monsters were flying around or the interaction like that, but it was the things like uh, the building impacts or when a monster was hitting the ground, the pyrotechnics and the and the debris and all of that stuff. That was really, really well done. In other movies, I can kind of see where the air cannon goes off and blows the dust and the debris and all of this. This one was done really, really well. They did an excellent job with that kind of stuff. This, the, the time when Godzilla is standing in that crater was an excellent job of a combination with... They had CGI in there, but they had a lot of real rubble that he was actually standing in. It was really good. Okay. Jody, are you ready? Um, I think overall, because I'm not hugely into the Godzilla thing, I enjoy watching the movies. I'm a very casual um, viewer, though. I enjoyed trying to name the different <laughs> monsters as we're going throughout, and I really like Aegilus, and I like his his um, where he's not on his knees when he's on all fours, where he's actually like on all fours, but then he can still stand up, and like so I, that goes into creature design, um, and I, I really like the way that 
the scene where he's basically used as a ball where he gets kicked around the and thrown scene, around. Yeah, 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 I love that. I think that's so great. It's I like, like it when Godzilla goes to reach for him and misses. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, like, I almost want to hear like, goal! Yeah. <laughs> so I, 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 those are very enjoyable throughout the movie for me, little scenes like that with the different creatures. Excellent. Okay, so I'm going to I'm gonna wrap this up. If I had to choose one thing that I thought was outstanding about this film, I would say, and I'm actually going to, point this towards Kitamura. I would say that Kitamura is great at directing action because even though it doesn't belong, some of the stuff in that movie doesn't belong in this film or a Godzilla film, in my opinion, he still did a good job of it. And so, I mean, everything from like when they turn the ship 180 degrees and some dude flies across the ship and bangs his head against the bulkhead, everything from that to like when, you know, uh, the two, the hero and the villain are fighting in the ship and behind him, Godzilla and Monster X are fighting in the exact same sort of pattern. It's just very well done. So kudos, Ruhe Kitamura. Thank, I want to thank everybody. Thank you guys all for coming out here. I'm very glad you all made it. Hopefully next time Zane can make it out here. But uh, that's uh, the very first of many, 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 many months to come of Daikaiju discussions. And I'm actually going to start talking about some other stuff. So I also received a lot of response from the listeners about Final Wars. Um, Evan wrote in to say, the little tributes to not only just the Japanese tokusatsu Iega, but to from other popular films like The Matrix and Star Wars make this film into not a ripoff, but rather a collage. Godzilla Final Wars doesn't have a dull moment for me. Uh, while I will agree that the movie is pretty much a nonstop action film, there are really too many nods for me. Too many fight scenes and too much happening that doesn't push the story along. Brendan wrote in that he enjoyed Toho bringing back Gigan, Hydra, Ibira, and other classic monsters, and he does wonder if Toho Studios had permission to use the Zilla creature. Um, my take on this is that Devlin and Emmerich had permission to make their own terrible Godzilla film, and that permission included creating a new version of the big guy, but that Toho probably retained ownership over everything. Uh, let me be clear about that, though. I don't have any documentation to back up that theory, so um, logically, since Toho owns the rights to Godzilla in all of his forms, it would make sense that they would own the design that stemmed from the American remake. Um, but Brendan, I will try and actually um, get a concrete answer for you in the next uh, episode, and you can uh, make sure that your dad keeps an ear out for that. Um, I found this very interesting. Another listener, James, wrote in with some more thoughts on Final Wars. James and I have uh, nearly the same conclusions about the film in the end, but the way that James got to those conclusions was entirely different from the way I did. He says... Back in 2003, when news was starting to slowly trickle in uh, to the internet regarding Godzilla's 50th anniversary film, I was one of those on the edge of my seat checking for updates every five minutes. And uh, James felt that Toho was taking this production seriously by hiring such a popular director. Uh, add to the fact that the film was to include a record number of kaiju and a huge budget, and he had already made his decision that it was going to be the greatest Godzilla movie ever. And when he saw the film, finally, he loved it, and he thought this did, just didn't disappoint. However, as time passes for James, he began to see the Godzilla films with a more critical eye, and Final Wars began to sort of depreciate 
to the point where he began to talk negatively about the film. He said, my main problem was its overall disregard for Godzilla. He's simply a weapon being used to fight off the controlled kaiju while our pretty-faced main cast are in the foreground fighting the aliens, making Godzilla's presence what he feels like a subplot in the film. And he says, I believe his screen time is about 14 minutes in a a two-and-a-half-hour-long movie. Seriously. Meaning his fellow kaiju had to suffer an even worse fate Poor Hydra. I had all of Kitamura's films, and I liked them for what they were. However, putting that in a Godzilla movie just felt way out of place and almost offending. James does follow up with some high praise for the monster suits, of course, and I think a lot of the input I've received placed the creature design at the top of the list for like what we like about Godzilla Final Wars. The only other question I got was from Pedro, whose favorite part of the film was the opening credits, which is kind of funny because they did hire an American credit guy to make that. He also asked a question, how did the ex-aliens rebuild Gigan so quickly when Mothra and Monster X were fighting? Um, unfortunately, I can only speculate that because the aliens had such a massive amount of technology at their disposal, they were able to retrieve Gigan from the South Pole and add on all the cybernetic attachments by the time Godzilla returned to Tokyo. And actually, since Gigan was such an old creature, maybe the aliens had planned on upgrading him for centuries and just never got around to it because he had never been discovered. So that's it. Yeah. Great session, folks. A lot of excellent points from you guys. Really enjoyed reading things from you all. Next month's assignment is to watch Wrath of Daimaijin before I record the next show. This is the third Maijin film, the one with the kids in it. So make sure you watch the right one. I actually recently bought the last ADV releases. So I'm very excited to see the digital transfer because I haven't watched that one yet. Oh, and I can actually give you a date for that recording. I'll be recording the episode on or around Monday February 22nd. So try and get those uh, comments in sometime the week before. Next up, Godzilla News. This is United Nations reporter Eric Carter with the news. The world is stunned to discover that prehistoric creatures exist in the 20th century. The armies have been alerted as we wait for more news from Japan. Totally running low on time here, folks, so I'm not going to go into my big, long spiel. You should all know how I deal with news here. And speaking of, I was checking out August's blog, The Good, The Bad, and Godzilla, and I noticed that the Silver Scream Spook Show in Atlanta had a screening of Destroy All Monsters the day after Christmas. I'm uh, still hoping that one day I'll happen to be in Atlanta for like work or something when one of these happens, but for now, I just have to enjoy the flyer artwork that their artists come up with. They're super cool. And you can find the link to that in the show notes. Sci-Fi Japan has a slew of Ultraman Mega Monster Battle news, including an interview with the composer, Mike Verta, press notes, and photos from the premiere, all by James Ballard. James is clearly doing a great job with the Sci-Fi Japan team, so make sure you go check out those links. Ed Gojichowski recently went to Super Festival 51 in Japan and took some photos of some very cool stuff coming out. Uh, I think as a toy collector, maybe I should... Add another segment to the Kaiju cast called Stuff I Can't Afford. Okay, all lamenting aside, you should really check out Ed's report for a really sweet-looking burning Godzilla sculpt from Marmot and a Billiken 55 kit, too. There's uh, not too much else in the way of news, but I did mention something on Facebook uh, for my listeners in Idaho, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about that. 
there is a very, very, very good chance that I will be making an appearance at the Anime Oasis convention in Boise during the last weekend of May. And not as an attendee, but as a guest. I'm planning some presentations, and I'll probably have a table too. As I have more information, I'll post that. But if you're in the area, if you live in the Boise area, make sure you let me know because I'd love to meet up with anybody and talk Godzilla for a while. I'll post the link to the convention in the show notes. That pretty much wraps it up for this episode, people. It has been a long, long afternoon here. And I've got to get this thing posted before January actually turns into February. I want to thank my guest, Tiger, for joining me at this jam-packed episode. Thanks for having me. I'm sure we'll be hearing more from him in the coming years. I also want to say thanks to those listeners who wrote in for the Daikaiju discussion. It was awesome, awesome, awesome to get your feedback. And to my roundtable powwow peeps, Martin, Jody, Jeff, Cindy, you are all super awesome, and I really appreciate you coming out and taking the time to discuss Godzilla's last movie. And as always, I do need to say that if you found the Kaiju Cast through iTunes or some other podcast directory, make sure you check out the website for the total monster experience at kaijucast.com. The KaijuCast is also on Facebook and now Twitter, too. Just search for KaijuCast and you should be able to find it pretty easily or look for the links on the right-hand side of the website. I know I didn't mention any new poll information for this episode, but uh, seriously, there just wasn't any time. I'll come up with a new question and hit you guys up when I post the mostly unedited discussion from the Godzilla Final Wars roundtable in a few days. We are out of here until next month, but I will leave you with the ending credits from Godzilla Final Wars. Jamata. Ja,